0: Hello there and welcome to the SLP Now podcast. I'm your host, Marisha, and this month we are talking all things scaffolding. If you'd like to see all of the topics for this month, head to slpnow.com scaffold. And now without further ado, grab your favorite beverage of choice. I'll have my chai latte, put your feet up and listen in to this week's content. Okay, so now on to interactive scaffolds. These are reactive, so interactive, reactive. So they, um, the structural scaffolds are things that we plan ahead of time. Then the interactive ones are things that we do in the moment. So it's when we respond to what's happening in the session. And the cool thing is if, if we have the structural scaffolds in place, we'll have a lot more cognitive capacity, especially as a newer SLP, Um, we'll have a lot more resources available to us to be reactive and provide those scaffolds in the moment because we won't have to be worrying about the general structure, like that'll already be taken care of and we can really focus on the students and providing them with what they need. So now we'll dive into the three types. So the first one is a response, um, interactive scaffold. So this is intended to facilitate students' responses. Um, and the cool thing is, is that we automatically end up doing a lot of these things. Like I found after I started, Grad school, I found myself using a lot of these scaffolds like with my students and just even with strangers. Um, so, we with response facilitation, we want to encourage our students to provide a response as we work towards their goals. Um, and then we can be aware of the different response facilitations. So, here are some things that we can do. We like if we're working on producing past tense verbs in sentences, or if we're summarizing a passage, um, we can use some of these different response facilitations. So we can give a model. So if we're working on producing past tense verbs, we give a we model, 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 model those past tense verbs. Um, if we're or we can provide part of the answer. So if we're doing those past tense verbs again. We can say the student and like just to give them, that may or may not be helpful, but for some students that might work. Um, Or like if we're creating a summary, um, I might give them visual choices of which gives them part of the answer, or I might give them one of the answers and they have to find the other ones. We can ask leading questions. So if we're trying to fill in the summarizing organizer, Um, And if it's like about, if it's a passage about, uh, what do we have for this month? Um, The history of, or conquering phobias. And if one of the statements on the organizer is, rats are scary. Like one of the leading questions we can ask is, um, like, is that relevant? Or does that have to do with the main idea? Um, So that's just like one example of something we could do. Uh, We could point to a visual. So we could point to the organizer. We can point to the visual that breaks down the skill if they're stuck on a certain step. Um, And then we can also repeat and emphasize key points to lead the child toward the answer. So lots of options there. And like I said, I think these are all things that we kind of automatically do. But I think it's a helpful refresher too, if we are feeling stuck, we have, like we know how to do all of these things. So it's just a matter of being like, okay, I'm stuck, I'm gonna try some of these things. Okay, so the next type is regulatory. Um, So these are intended to maintain student engagement. If a student is not engaged, they will not be learning and they won't be making progress towards their goals. So some things that we can do are that we can review their goals. We can talk about just what they are and why they matter. That makes a huge difference. Um, I used to struggle to keep students motivated. Um, I mean, I can keep any kid motivated with a game um, for the most part, but I had a lot more success once I started like really talking about their goals and targeting their goals in meaningful context. Like it's really cool to see how students step up when given that context. Um, Some other things we can do are relate content to past knowledge. So this is something that we do a lot of in step one of the literacy-based therapy framework, Um, but we can also do that if we're starting to lose them, we can kind of reel them in and talk about how it's related to something going on for them now. We can comment on student performance and giving like specific feedback. Uh, it can be incredibly helpful, and then just providing redirection. So if they're like looking off, or if they're starting to fall asleep, um, we could just redirect that behavior. Um, and this is a really great opportunity to to incorporate some growth mindset. I'm I've seen that work really well for my students too, especially because. A lot of our students really struggle in the classroom, like especially in the older grades. School's not easy for them because of their speech and language delays, um, and they have to work extra, extra hard for um, to be able to even just keep up. So I think praising their effort is incredibly meaningful because that'll... Like i've seen some students with really great growth mindset and it's just amazing to see what they can accomplish and if we can share that with our students um, that is like just super amazing okay so the last type of interactive scaffolding is linguistic um, so this is intended to encourage concept accuracy so we um the goal of this is to help our students nail down the concept accurately So once we provide, once they provide a response, we can support their learning by providing a model. So, um, and that would be kind of more ahead of time. If we see them struggling, we can give them that model. Um, We can do expansions and recasts where we add to what the student is saying. So if the student says, um, he run, you could say, he is running. So we would add the is and the, ING at the end. We can do focus contrast where we demonstrate the error and the target or the correct target side by side. So if we're doing grammar, we can say like, oh, I heard he run. Is it he run or he is running? And so that can be a focus contrast. Um, We can also do that like with the summarizing examples. So we can have, and I'll show you what the graphic organizer looks like in the later unit, but We can look at it and be, and I'll like put one answer on the organizer and then switch it out for another one and have them look and see, like, which one is correct and which one's not correct, and have that focus contrast. And then we can also do vertical structuring where we ask the student to provide more information and then combine the responses to reach the target. Um, so those are just a couple things that we can do. It's not a comprehensive list. Um, but those are some great strategies. And if we ever have someone observe, we can kind of list those different things that we're, we can use some of those fancy words like vertical structuring to show, um, what we're working on. Um, and yeah, so we, and we don't have time to dive into all of the different Um, strategies for the specific skills, but there's really cool research out there, um, especially when it comes to like grammar and it talks about how to structure like when to use certain supports and when to pull in other ones and just the progression there. Um, So it's been super, super cool to see that all come together. Um, But that'll be another time. And then some other things that we can do. um, We can have pure models. So that's one of the beautiful things about mixed groups. Um, I personally love mixed groups because it gives us, gives students opportunities to um, like demonstrate their strengths and also see other students um, modeling their targets. And then another thing we can do is reciprocal teaching. So it's an instructional activity in which students become the teacher. And this, I think it came from like small group reading um, research, but this is the process is where the teacher or the SLP models and then the student and helps the students learn how to guide the group discussion and kind of moving along there. Um, But I think just it boils down to giving students opportunity to teach concepts, which um, I know that works really well for me. And that's a wrap. Thanks for listening in and we will see you next week.